change it Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe till they feel it Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't hide it I'ma shake the globe, change it Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe till they feel it What's up everybody? This is the Misguided Podcast We intend to guide you to a better future The purpose of this podcast is to do exactly that We will dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and highlight what makes them successful but also pinpoint mistakes they've made and how to improve them our goal is to make you start thinking about building generational wealth through business i hope you enjoy and if you do please rate this podcast and leave a review and now let's get started What's up, everybody? My name is Juwan Rohan, and this is the Misguided Podcast, where we intend to guide you to a better future. I'm sitting here with Robert Rypel. I think I got it right. Author and app uh, designer. How you doing? I'm doing great, and you were close. It's real, real, pal. real, but- pal. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 when I heard it, I was like, dang, I messed up, but it's okay. Real, pal. How you doing, man? Uh, you know, another beautiful day. It's actually warm today, so I'm a happy man. Oh, yeah, it's, it's warm everywhere right now. Um, well, obviously, in California, wildfire season has started, and uh, today is the first day it's going to hit triple digits um, in the Bay Area. So, like, everyone's on super panic alert. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, totally understand that. We end up having our kind of wildfires in this area this time of year as well, and town was wiped out to 30% of houses left standing only. And, uh, you know, and then... Yeah, a few years later, another city got hit with wildfires. And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's something that's common up here as well. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, we just had a fire. Well, obviously, you heard about the crazy one last year or two years ago um, that, like, burnt down pretty much a whole town. Uh, but, but we just had a fire, uh, like, a day ago, about less than 10 miles away from us, from my house. So it was super scary. Um, and it's like not even it hasn't even hit full summer yet like usually the hot season for us is around August and September is when it really gets hot and we're only in what second week of June so that's kind of <laughs> right kinda, that's scary but we'll, we'll figure it out but hey I appreciate you coming up here man um, we found each other on Podmatch. Um, I need a sponsorship on here that's what I need I need a, a Podmatch sponsorship um, but <laughs> um Great, great uh, net networking opportunity for individuals. Um, and so if you're listening to this podcast, I suggest you uh, check into Podmatch. Um, that's where we met. But we're going to go ahead and get into your story. Um, so let's start from the very, very beginning. Where are you from? Yeah, so I'm Canadian and I live in Alberta. And so I'm in central Alberta, which is a beautiful place. And, I, you know, I love that you do real estate because after 27 years of searching, my wife and I found our um, executive acreage that we've always wanted. And I love having the space around me. And so, you know, it's, it's about designing the life you want to have to really do what the kind of things you want to have. So, you know, here in Canada, feeling blessed and and really, really happy to be on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So um, how long did it take you to find that, that house, that exact house? Mm -hmm. Uh, We, we, started kind of looking for the last three or three or four years before we bought but when we got really serious 
we it was about a one year journey of looking at several like dozens and dozens of acreages and then yeah. until we this one and it's, it's a funny how things come out of left field we are just about because we're in a city away from where we were living and we are staying in our rv and we're i just about we we're leaving that day to go back home because i had to fly overseas to do some events or um, in asia and all of a sudden 7 a.m all of a sudden it pops up on my phone just came back on the market and i'm looking at it like oh i said to my wife i said you think we should look at this she goes get a hold of kelly our real estate agent see if you can make an appointment and he did for that afternoon we walked in and the, from looking at dozens the moment we walked in we went yep this is the house we want within 30 hours from the moment we saw the listing we actually had a deal in place we'd gone back and forth negotiated signed and we had made the purchase nice congratulations when uh when was this what year was this uh, three years ago, and because of uh, because of COVID, this year we actually are two weeks away. I'm looking out my window to my studio that we had built onto the back of our property. That's why we bought this acreage. Is so I instead of me traveling around the world, teaching and doing 200,000 miles a year, um, I'm going to have my students come see me. So I we just finished building a 1,500 square foot uh, recording studio and training center where my new office is, and I mo start moving in in about a week. So very wow. excited about that. That's super cool. You're going to have to uh, give me a tour. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, for I would sure. Love, I would love to check that out. Um, that's super cool. So yeah, let, let's go ahead and talk about that since you, you just mentioned it, but you you said you're teaching and, and your students will, will come to you. What exactly are you teaching? And um, yeah, let's go, let's get into more detail. That's I want to hear about that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, for the last 18 plus years, I've been very, very um, blessed to travel around the world. I do three to five day trainings where I'm on stage for up to 12 hours a day, anywhere from 100 students to 6,000 students at a time. And I teach mainly how to create financial freedom in your life. And the reason I do that is because of the hardships I went through. My wife and I, you know, we, we met when we were 13. We started dating when we were 16. We actually got married when we were 19. And we just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary. And you know, we both come from very uh, poor families. Mm. And our mindset and what we're taught is don't think of being an entrepreneur. No, you, you find a job, whether you like it or not, if it's secure and it pays you good money, you do that job and you stick with it to support your family. And that was my upbringing. That was kind of the box I was put in and out of necessity, you know, here I am 21 years of age. I've been working hard for a lot of years and I'm being laid off from my third company because they're closing the factory I'm working in. And I'm, frustrated and pissed off because here in Alberta, when our oil prices are down, we go through very hard um, economic times. And so there was no work. Okay. There was no work at all. And out of necessity, I'm like, well, I need to do something to support my wife and my family. And so I start delivering pizzas mm -hmm. for Domino's Pizza because I'd done pizza delivery before. So I start delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. I start doing that for a few months. I end up becoming a manager of a store my wife becomes my assistant manager and a year and a half in we're now qualified to be franchisees. But the problem is Juwan is we're qualified, but we don't have any money to even think of being a franchisee. Right. Yeah. But yeah. we're at least qualified. Um, and what that means, and for people who don't know how Domino's uh, runs is you can't just buy a franchise. You actually have to successfully manage a store for at least a year, meeting a bunch of criteria and qualified. And once you're qualified, they'll waive the upfront franchise fee, but you still have to buy or build the store. 
And so we're qualified and all of a sudden fear set in because our franchisee said, you know what? I'm tired of Domino's Pizza. I'm selling my two stores. And we knew that normally people that are fired is the uh, managers because new owners want to come in, put their own management team in. And my wife and I, my mindset went, well, let's start talking to other franchisees. Let's see who we can maybe get a job with. And my wife's like, why? I'm like, well, honey, chances are we're probably going to lose our jobs. <laughs> she, and thank goodness my wife's an out-of-the-box thinker. Mm-hmm. She comes up with a crazy idea. She says, why don't we just buy the store? And I'm looking at her and going, uh, hello, we don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you being in real estate know that there are creative ways to do financing to get things done. And, but I wasn't in that way of thinking. I just knew how to be a worker. And so we ended up um, taking about four months, making a lot of mistakes, paying people that would say, hey, I'll get you financing. Here's my upfront fee. It's $1,000. Pay me that and I'll get you the financing. And all of a sudden we'd pay them. And then next thing you know, they're going, oh, sorry, none of my guys want to invest and want to finance. And yet we you know, spent $1,000. But learning something new every single time yeah what i've what i've realized is if you take and make a lot of mistakes as long as you learn something from them it's a win yeah because at least it helps you move forward we became we were able to buy both the stores that my franchisee had for sale and we did it with no money of our own and all of a sudden we're like we're now franchisees and it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> how'd you uh, how'd you how'd you complete that well, from learning what to say, we finally had enough confidence to go back to our bank that we dealt with and we talked to them and said, you know, here's where we're at. And we couldn't get a, a message or a, sorry, an appointment with the business manager. He just, you had to know someone who knew someone to see him. And so we were talking to our branch manager who loved my wife and I, she had helped us buy our first home and she's asking how things are going. And we said, well, we're struggling because of this. And she says, come with me. She took us by the hand and, you know, for your listeners, make great relationships with your bank people, you know, have great relationships with them because you'll never know how it can help you out. She walks us across the bank, knocks on the door of the, of the business manager and says, hey, I want you to meet Robert and Roxanne Riopel. They're great kids. They're looking at buying a couple Domino's pizzas. Take care of them. And because of her introduction and us now having the confidence, we knew what to say. The bank actually gave us a hundred percent financing for both stores wow wow that's crazy yeah uh, so you own two stores at what age what age is this 23 we were 23 Jesus. at the time 23 and you're the manager right or is that the right the right classification manager well we, yeah we were the <laughs> we, we actually became franchisees so we owned both st- locations uh-huh and we we owned and operated one and i had my brother-in-law um mm. he was the main owner of the second one we were part owners in it okay um but don't do business with family just yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of people <laughs> say that all the time um, but so okay so you're the you're the owner and you're running business how long were you in business do you still have those stores what happened how did that dissolve away if yeah well, we were, we were franchisees for nine years in total. Okay. And um, we, were, we knew how to run the stores, but we didn't know how to run a business at the time. Okay. And so hey, one 23 of 23 years old. They don't teach you that in high school. <laughs> so. No, right. And, and one of the things that Domino's love to, um, to tell people is that the average age at our time, the average age of a franchisee was 23. 
and 95% started as drivers because of the system, the way they did it. But what they did not like to tell people is that the average new franchisee that was a franchisee for the first time would go bankrupt within the first six months. And the reason is, is because ego would kick in. Yeah. You know, as a manager, you're doing everything the way your franchisee says to do it. You're following the system, but all of a sudden it's like, I'm the owner now. I'll do it my way. And people start reinventing the system and they end up going bankrupt. And my wife and I, thank goodness, we are just too tenacious mm-hmm. and to, to, not, um, to not give up. And, but um, as we were going through, because we didn't run, know how to run the business side of things, we started making some pretty good money, but our programming, our mindset, our conditioning was set for spending more money than we were earning. Yeah. And by the time we were franchisees for eight years, we were actually over $150,000 in debt, going down very quickly, stressed out beyond belief, not enjoying Domino's Pizza anymore, and didn't know what we were going to be able to do to fix that situation. So how did you find yourself getting in it, into debt? Was it like you, what expenses like increased and how did your cash flow decrease over the time? Uh, it Where was, were- we had to have all the toys. Mm. We, it was all we, the good yeah, looking what, fancy well, stuff huh? yeah and this is what a lot of people don't realize that they, why they get into financial trouble is because it's the instant gratification that they want um one of our stores was in a in a lake community so we had to have a boat because we were at a lake and the stupid part was is our busy season was during boating season uh, so, so we like didn't have next, time to yeah <laughs> right? but we had all the expenses yeah uh, we had we had two vehicles because, hey, we're successful. We got two vehicles. Yeah. But my wife and I were working. Work at the same, in together. the same, the same, yeah, store. Why do you need two vehicles? <laughs> right. So yeah. that's what the big problem was. And as we got started not enjoying Domino's Pizza, we started not spending as much time in the stores anymore. And because mm. we hadn't systemized it properly, our management teams weren't doing as well as what we could do. And so it created that situation of all of a sudden sales start going down, but we're still buying, buying, buying stuff. And we didn't even know that we were the ones creating the problem. And, and thank goodness, I'll tell you, thank goodness, someone sent us, for, you know, because here's how the things go. The life I have today, I feel very, very blessed. And I don't want people to look at success and go, oh, you must have had it easy. Every journey has its ups and downs. And we learned a lot of what we've learned from just the, the things that didn't work in our life. Yeah. And when, when we were ready to get out of Domino's Pizza, we are like, we're stressed, we're in debt. What are we going to do? And our minds went, and here's how funny the mind works. Well, what do we know? Um, oh, we know franchises. So let's get into another franchise. But the problem is, is we didn't have any money to get into another franchise. Yeah. But we did go look at a franchise expo and started looking at all the other possibilities. None of them connected. None of them just resonated. And, but two weeks after, all of a sudden in the mail, we got a letter from one of the booths saying, hey, thank you for joining or seeing our booth. Here's two tickets to an amazing evening, $39 tickets. They'll change your life. And the only reason we went to this evening was because, thank goodness, I could not waste $39 ticket value. Yeah. And that changed our life. It was my first introduction into personal development. And I started realizing why we handled money the way we did, why we're, we were in debt to quit blaming other people and start taking ownership of it. And 
next thing you know, three hours into this evening, we're running to the back. We're putting down $600 we did not have to pay for a three-day weekend. And that was in March of 2001. The weekend was in June of 2001. And the only reason we showed up was to get our money back because I went through buyer's remorse. We can't afford it. We don't have the money. And I was, I was ready for a, a fight, Juan. I was ready for them to tell me, you can't yeah. have your money back. Yeah. But thank goodness they knew what was going on in my head. And instead of fighting us, they said, let's see what we can do. Come in and just watch for a bit. Well, by the time the, uh, lunchtime came and they came to us to say, hey, let's talk about your refund. We're like, we don't want a refund. We're having too much fun. We're enjoying. This is amazing. Yeah. And that one weekend totally changed our life because we walked out of it and put into action. Now, this is the part that people really have to understand. We didn't just take the knowledge and say, oh, that was a great weekend. We actually said, what are we going to do? And we started to put into action what we had learned. And we ended up going from over $150,000 in debt to actually being completely retired, financially free, nine months later at the age of 32. Nine months. That's that's a ridiculous turnaround. So pretty much this trip just really, really, I want to focus on this because it's important. All they did for you was change your mindset. Yeah. And, right. and bring to us um, to have any change in your life. You First, you have to be aware that there's something that has to be changed. Yeah. We were caught up playing the victim that it was always someone else's fault that we were getting in debt. So we became aware that, wow, we're the ones that created it. So we took ownership of it. Yes. And, and we quit playing the victim. Um, Two, we had to have an understanding. Why are we, why did we create it? And we realized, and here's what people don't know is that every decision you're making today, especially financially is based on what you learned up to around the age of five or six. So a five and six year old is making your financial decisions today in your life, no matter how old you are. Mm -hmm. And so because we both came from poor families, we saw our family struggle. And if times were tough, but if times we had a little extra money, my parents would spend. And we got into that same habit. We started making some money. So we just started spending. Oh my goodness, we got lots of money we can just spend. And so having that understanding, we were then able to make some change. And right there that weekend, we made some cellular changes. And one of the biggest ones was we realized we had a lot of expenses we didn't need. All of that instant gratification. And we sat down and we had a conversation. We said, what don't we need right now? That if we were to get rid of the expenses and we start learning and focusing on passive income, because here's what I want people to understand is that definition of financial freedom is when your passive income, money working instead of you, is greater than your expenses, you're financially free. Because that means you don't have to work if you don't want to, because at least you still have enough money coming in to pay for all your day-to-day expenses. Yeah, and fi- so financial freedom just buys you time. So that's it's there's no number on financial freedom. It's how, how much time you you won back. So that that goes directly with you know your passive income because you're not working with passive that's income. right. Yeah, and, and we never knew what passive income is. We'd never heard of it. We just knew of working income. That, and so we had no passive income. We had a ton of debt and expenses. So there's no way we would ever create financial freedom. Yeah. So back, back into, let's go back. Back in 2001, you did all this. You went to this, this three-day weekend. Y- your mindset changed and shifted. Nine months later, you become retired or financially free? Financially free, and we retired for the first time. Okay. Okay. So I want to get into that, but, but before we do, so 
when you're going on these tours to teach these students, you're teaching them about personal development, financial education and stuff like that. I just want to clear that up because that was the absolutely. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. Okay. And then now what you're doing is you're building a studio in your backyard, which is super dope. And the students are now going to come to you and you're going to teach classes there. How the hell are you like getting the students you know, like how, how are they finding you and why are they going to you? You know what I mean? Okay. No, not, yeah. Like not to sound like that, but like, you know, it, it, there's so many people in the world they can choose from, right? We got so many social media platforms, TikTok and stuff where everyone thinks they're a financial educator, including myself. Right. But, but like, why, why are they choosing to, to go to Canada and, and go to your class in your backyard? Yeah. And the people that will come see me is my passion and my specialty is uh, not only have I trained over half a million students around the world in the last 18 plus years, but I've trained thousands and thousands of trainers. That's my oh, zone of genius. That's, your niche. Uh, that's yeah. That, and so when I can sit there and help someone enhance their authenticity and show them how to go from doing maybe no training ever in their life to not only transforming lives by training, but also how to monetize it, how to be able to sell properly from the stage in a way that helps people. Because, you know, I've been blessed. I've done over $100 million in sales from the stage around the world in the last 18 plus years. So I know the systems. So when people come to me, they'll, they, you know, my mentorship, they pay me a lot of money to come and work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Because in my studio, I'll put them on a stage in front of a camera and I'll start, have them start training and I'll say, stop, turn your head this way. Put a pause in here because I can make little adjustments that enhances their authenticity and can help them make seven figures a year, eight figures a year in their own training industry, giving a ton of value to people. So that's why people will um, come from all over the world to, to work with me. Got you, got you. Do, do, are you, are you. It would be cool if you could offer a place to stay. Like if you had like other studios behind the studio and they were like dorm rooms and you Airbnb them. I'm, right. about my, I'm about money, man. I can help you with that. I can help you with that. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's super, that's super cool. Um, okay. So you're training pretty much trainers and uh, you know, those are your students. Um, okay. Let's go back to 2001 where you became financially free and retired. What got you besides that three day weekend, what got you out of the hole? Was it books you started to read? Did you just started to kind of improve your mindset over, over the nine months? Like, you know, books, yeah. movies, podcasts weren't a thing back then, but like, what was pushing you? Yeah. Well, also when we realized what the little bit of information we got was doing for our life, my wife and I said, we've got to learn from as many people as we can. I'm a big believer. Don't just learn one way. Don't just learn from one person. So we started studying as many masters as we could. People, we started studying Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We started working with people like um, T. Harbecker. That was my first mentor, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of um, his material, but that's the one that set us financially free. And that's a lot of the information I've taught around the world for the last 18 years. But people like Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield, the Chicken Soup for the Soul guys, uh, Bob Allen, you know, No Money Down Real Estate. We started studying from as many people as we can. And our goal wasn't to have to learn everything and use everything. It was like, if we could take one nugget of gold from each learning, it would make it worthwhile. And we found that the more we learn, the better we did. And that's when I tapped in and found my passion was to teach. Because originally I felt that if I could help even one person, 
one person do what my wife and I have done, go from financial stress to financial freedom, it would make it all worthwhile. And yeah. that's kind of what set me on the path where I am on today. And it came from us going through those struggles, but also it was being real with ourselves. Yeah. You know, what expenses, again, that short-term thinking, instant gratification, you know, what expenses don't we need right now? And we started to severely downsize. We sold the boat. We sold one of the vehicles. We dramatically started knocking down our expenses. And as we studied about um, passive incomes, it only took two when we were financially free. And because you do education on finances, you'll understand this. And I want your audience to understand it. A lot of my audience members, when I, I tell them the story, they go, oh, wow, you went from $150,000 in debt to wealthy in nine months. No. No, you just went to free. <laughs> we went to financially free. Yeah. But you said it so well. What did financial freedom buy us? It bought us time. To become wealthy. Up, yeah. It freed up 40 plus hours a week that we were in our stores. Now we had that time to focus on creating wealth. And we actually committed to spending 10 hours a week on creating wealth. And the moment we started focusing on creating wealth, the wealth side came so much easier. So if, you're, if your audience takes one thing out of this, I want them to work on getting financially free first. Don't worry about trying to create millions. Get your financial freedom first, free up your time, then create the wealth because it'll be a lot easier and a lot less frustrating. Very true. Very true. And when you're trying to just automatically go for from debt to getting millions of dollars and just like that, um, you set yourself up for failure in many ways and you set yourself up into falling into more debt way quicker. Um, yes. And so that's a that's a big thing. But um, I want to talk about uh, pretty much like the steps. Right. Because you say obviously the first step is realizing that you're in trouble, right? Um, yep. Second, second is taking that initiative. Um, and, and you guys did you learn pull pieces from each person, right? Um, once you did that, what was kind and then and then you eliminated expenses. That's that's always number one. What was kind of the steps that you guys took to to get to that financially free, not necessarily a number, but nine months later, why was nine months later financially free for you? Yeah, well, it was April 1st, 2002. I love and how that you was got the... that remembered. I love that. <laughs> and, and the fact that it's April Fool's Day had nothing to do with it. But I'll tell you, on April 1st, 2002 is the day we had sold our last store. And the um, new owner came in and we did the switchover. And it's not that the sale made us financially free. The getting rid of that last little bit of expenses that came with it put us over the top with the two passive incomes we were in at that moment. And that's the day that we became financially free. That was it. And what got us there is I, I was, I believe it and I use it today, is no matter what position you're in, start a new part-time business. And this business, especially, I know some people are gonna go, oh my goodness, I'm too busy, I can't take on more. And there's a difference between being busy and being productive, plain and simple. And most people are really good at being busy mm -hmm. that they aren't very productive. And so when I tell people, I say, take five days a week, 30 minutes a day, do this part-time business. And in that part-time business, there's three things you can do during those 30 minutes a day. One of the things that you do with that time is you learn about investments. 
Yep. You learn about whatever investment and people go, well, Robert, which one do I start with? Something that you enjoy. If you think you like real estate, start learning about real estate. If you like the stock market, start learning about the stock market because it's not going to always be easy. And so if you're studying something that you think will just bring you money, as soon as it gets hard, you're going to quit doing it. So do something that you have an interest in. Absolutely. So use, use that time to start learning. A second thing you can um, use that time for, and this is one that kind of shocks people when we say it, actually start investing. Yeah. Actually make an investment. Yeah. Because what do most people do, John? They think about it. They think about it. They think about it, but they never actually do anything. So use that um, 30 minutes a day to invest sometimes. Yes. And then the third thing you can do with the time is you can take that time and either purchase or create passive business incomes. And for those that don't know what a passive business income, it's a business that works instead of you. It's like a cash money-making machine that you can put on your shelf that's spitting money out because it's systemized and you are the owner of it. And some people will go, well, I can't afford to buy a business or start one. There's passive businesses that you can start for no money. It just takes a little bit of time to set it up in the beginning. And yeah. so if a person was to take those 30 minutes a day, five days a week, and do this part-time business, they would find that their um, journey to financial freedom would be a lot quicker and a lot easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and bring up some 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 financial businesses that, that um, little to no money down. Um, I'll start. Um, number one. Uh, that is, is very popular right now, especially um, because of the pandemic. Well, now it's over, but is notary. Um, super low cost to start up. Um, anyone can do it, um, except if you're a felon. Um, you, there's some loopholes you might have to go around, but notary. Um, I just got my notary. Super lucrative business. Um, another one would be uh, vending machines. Super popular, low cost uh, startup. Um, and these are all, I'm talking less than $500, less than $1,000 um, that you can get yeah. started with. And if you can't save up $500 to $1,000, then you really need to rethink your budget and strategy on financial uh, freedom because you're already not in the mi right mindset if you can't get to that number. Um, and then what, 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 what else would you say? I mean, I, the well, list goes well, on, but. Oh, the list goes on. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and one that costs nothing is something called joint venture brokering. Yeah. And okay. and joint venture brokering is simply, hey, I know you and then I you know I'm now meeting you and I know someone else that I think the two of you can create some business together and I do the introduction and we just sign a contract where I get a small percentage of anything created from that introduction revenue okay. wise. And it's and don't get greedy. You don't get greedy with it. You sit there and say, "Hey, you know, this introduction I think can make you both good income." And so I just like, you know, two, three, four, five percent. Yeah. And you you do a deal. I've I know people, um, one gentleman in particular, from one connection he made between two people, took him 30 minutes to set the connection up. For six years, he was paid over a hundred thousand dollars a year from that one connection because of the business that was done together. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need I need I need to interview this gentleman. Uh, right? and, and another business is one that's going to become very popular because of the um, pandemic is going to be debt collection. Mm -hmm. And now this one here, a little bit of studying and understanding, but do it in a way where you're not the, you know, the person that's always a phone being hung up on because you're being the jerk, you're being the asshole. You're like, make your bills are off. I make your life. No, it's like, hey, I'm here to help you. 
uh, a friend of mine who passed away a few years ago, at one point he was known as the unknown billionaire. He was 19th wealthiest um, person in North America at the time. And he made his fortune by actually starting at his kitchen table, him and his wife, and they started really? a debt collection service. And they did it in a way where they wouldn't hound people. They would actually be there to encourage them, to educate them, to help them systematically get out of debt and um, be able to create a better life. Who is he this guy? into a multi-billion dollar business. His name was Bill Bartman. Bill Bartman. I'm going to look him up, Bartman. Yeah, check him out. Yeah, he passed away at the age of 69. Um, he, he built this amazing company business partner now get this because here's all the choices we have in life he's worth you know over a billion dollars at the point 19th wealthiest man in north america is a number of years ago and all of a sudden the government comes in and seizes everything and he loses everything i see his business partner, 11. yeah yeah his business partner made some bad decisions and did some really scummy things but bill lost everything because of it as well even though he wasn't guilty and he was innocent of it but what did he do instead of playing the victim, he decided to start rebuilding. Mm -hmm. And he was well on his way back to being a billionaire when he passed away. But one of the things that he did that I love is he grew up with really low self-esteem. And he knew that was a big problem because he had a cleft lip and he had a big problem that a lot of kids go through is low self-esteem. So as he was starting to rebuild, a lot of corporations would invite him in because of the way he had structured his company and the way he took care of his employees that it, he had a culture that was just like amazing. And so companies would fly him all over North America to, to teach. And any city he was going to be in, his staff would set up four or five schools for him to go and speak and to talk about self-esteem to the students. And he would do it. That is one of his ways of giving back. Like the man was just phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. This, I, I see like all the articles that pop up are like, he lost everything and, and bounced right back. Like, so it just shows that his like, persistence and and resilience just was there because every article is like lost firm but rebounded as an author lost it all and got it back and so that's crazy yeah uh, how, how'd you hear about this guy i'm one of the many people i've been blessed to <laughs> be on stage with and, and oh, get to know and become friends with that's awesome that's a that's amazing wow yeah i'm definitely gonna look into into him more thank you for sharing um but let's get back to you let's get back to you um so i want to talk about you being an author and what uh, made you decide to write a book? Because I just finished my first book um, a couple couple months ago. Um, oh, congratulations! Thank you, thank you. And uh, just I know the process and and everything is it can be high anxiety. Well, at least for me. But um, so so let's talk about your book. Success left a clue. What is that yeah. about? Well, it, you know, it's the six steps that I've needed in my life to create the life I want. And I figured if it worked for me, it was probably going to work for other people. And one of the things I did is it's, a, it's not just a book to read, take, read it, put it up on the shelf and make it shelf help. I actually created it as, as a workbook because step number three that I cover in the book is taking action. This is probably the biggest difference between successful people and unsuccessful people yep. is successful people actually take action. Yep. They actually say, I'm going to do something. And so the way I wrote the book is, when a person's reading it, I'll give them an action step. And I'll actually say, do not continue reading until you've done this action step. And then the very next chapter, it says, did you do the last action step? If not, go back and do it before yeah. you read. Yeah. Because I, 
I want people to actually that if they want to change their life, it will guide them through designing the life. Again, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. It's simple because there's systems to follow, just like real estate. And, and you know that you follow the systems and you can get real estate more than people that don't understand the systems. You can find it. You know how to buy it. You know how to get other people's, you know, use other people's money for it. You can utilize it. Absolutely. Airbnbs are a great example, right? Yeah. And so um, with my book, Success Left a Clue, it's just for me traveling around the world, sharing the stage with so many amazing people, I've seen what really they have in common. Um, and like in 2009 is when I finally started spurring to get it done because I was asked to be a host of an event in Alberta where I live, where I was the host of the event and our lineup and the people I got to be in the green room with is we had the Dalai Lama. We had Sir Richard Branson. We had F.W. de Klerk. And for people who do not know who F.W. de Klerk is, he was the president of South Africa that actually sent, set Mandela free. The man was phenomenal. Um, we had Stephen Covey Sr., one of the last trainings he did before he passed away. Uh, Barbara DeAngelis, Mark Victor Hansen. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Vision Lakiani from Mind Valley. No. He was one of the people as well. Check out Mind Valley. Away because I think it'll be right up your alley. Okay. And, and kind of a little fun fact is Vision uh, Vishen Lakiani, the owner and founder of Mind Valley, who is just phenomenal. I met him in 2009. He's a presenter on this event, blowing everybody away. We're talking in the back green room, and I'm like, dude, you are amazing. I love what you did with the audience and how you impacted them. And he's listening and he's shaking his head. And finally he looks at me and he says this. He says, you don't know who I am, do you? I'm like, sure. You're Vishen Lakiani, my belly. He goes, no, 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 no. You don't know who I am and how you actually, Robert, changed my life. I'm like, <laughs> pardon me? He goes, last year in May of 2008, I was in your very first training that you guys did in Kuala Lumpur. I was one of 4,800 students in your audience for the three-day weekend. He said, because of you, I ended up changing my mindset. I walked into that room with nine of my staff members. We had 15 staff at the time. I had brought nine of them to the weekend. We were losing $15,000 US per month, frustrated. We walked in the room by the end of the weekend because of you, I went back to my team. We changed things around. And by December of that same year, we had our first million dollar month. We had made so much money we paid off all our debts, bought our office space in our tower, paid off my school debt from the U.S. as well as from my partner. And he said, and now my company's worth at that time in 2009, we're already worth $20 million U.S. And now as of today, they're worth over $100 million. And he's like, you don't even realize you're my mentor and you got me turned around. Wait, time out. Did Vision or Vision Lacani said that? Yeah, I'm looking him yeah, up right now. He's, yeah, he's so this is in 2009. I'm looking right now. He's like worth like over 40 million right now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Um, wow. So 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 Mind Valley was was built back back then. You're kind of like giving me a history lesson. I love it. Yeah. Um. um that's this first time I, I love this on on an episode. But okay, so Mind Valley. Let's just, can you just break it down? It seems like it's educational programs, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they bring in amazing authors and okay. what they call an author is not necessarily an author of a book. Okay. They're a person that has, so like you, if, if Mind Valley brought you on, you could be an author in real estate and mm -hmm. they design, you, they take your program and they 
high quality. In the beginning, they bootstrapped it for the recordings, their audio, their video, but they started building a following. And now today they have all, like you go to their offices in uh, Kuala Lumpur, they will blow your mind. They just redid the whole thing in light work and the open space, it, the culture, because he, he followed his culture from Zappos. And I don't know if you've ever heard of zappos.com, yeah. um, but the gentleman that started that who just passed away last year from COVID, uh, you know, he took this company he had built a million, put a million dollars into to turn it around zappos.com. They started selling shoes online. He sold it for over a billion dollars and he took 300 million of that and used it to start revitalizing downtown Las Vegas. So that was where he lives. And that was his passion. You know, these amazing gentlemen. And, and so vision modeled Zappos culture into mind Valley. And when he started online, they take the authors and they put out like world-class trainings. They do what he calls, and they are going to start it back up after COVID. But for first couple of years before COVID, he even had what they called um, their Mind Valley University, where they would actually take a country like Maldives or something, and for one month, they would invite their students to meet them there and, and for a whole month to live. So they'd fill up all the Airbnbs, seven, 800 people would converge. They would have community um, networking spaces where people were now collaborating, connecting, because a lot of brilliant minds would come together. And then they, he'd bring in the greatest trainers and, and presenters like Brene Brown and all these people to teach during that month. And it became a one university of life. And every year they take a different part of the world to go live in together. Yeah. And just, it, just what he does is, is mind blowing for what they do. So, yeah. That's crazy. Now I'm super like interested into all of this. <laughs> um, that's cool. I definitely like Mind Valley. I'm looking at Mind Valley. They have like a summit starting tomorrow. Um, so I'm I would recommend you check it out. They, yeah. they, they, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. And it's, he started off with wanting to help people meditate more and meditate better. That was kind of how he, he began way back in 2007, I believe, is when he first started Mind Valley. Yeah, he has his, his little thing is the code of extraordinary mind and the Buddha and the badass. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's hilarious. Um, cool. Well, and okay. He's a New York Times bestseller with those books. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, okay, so, so I love how in your book, you're like this like money <laughs> and the cover well, that's actually because i'm known on stage for giving people clues so i'll uh, actually have them take their fingers put them together and they have to i'll go would you guys like a clue to success and i say hands up hands up give us a clue uh, and okay, so okay. that's what that's but it's also <laughs> i do what's called the cha-ching dance because cha-ching is a beautiful thing and you dance with your hands up the same way so i have a lot of fun on stage <laughs> that's cool that's cool uh, is there a place where people could check out like um, um, you being on stage, like, can I go to YouTube and see like a speech from you? Absolutely. If you Google me, you'll find a lot of crazy things. Um, cause I do have fun. So there's a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, if, if you're, if you guys want to really have fun, Google Robert Riopel Gangnam style. Uh -oh. And that's just, that's just for shits and giggles. That's for fun. I used to, um, train my staff and we would do a, a Gangnam style dance for our audience after our big breakthroughs each weekend and we yeah. just have a lot of fun with it <laughs> okay okay that's hilarious that's hilarious oh I'm, i just uh typed into to youtube i see that you you uh were on the mind valley talks um yeah a couple yeah because ago. that's one of my um vision brings me back every few years to do another interview because again 
you know, when he's calling me his mentor and, and um, I just have a great time. We, we sit down and, and have dinner anytime we're in a country, same country at the same time. Um, just he's an amazing guy. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I want to get into uh, our hella misguided segment um, where I ask the same question to each um, person. Uh, and the question is, if you were to write a letter to yourself at age 18, what would that be? Give me a summary. Mm-hmm. It would be quit being a people pleaser and be yourself. And because, you know, I grew up being a a real big world-class people pleaser and it drove me crazy. I wouldn't want to change how my life went, but if I could write a letter to myself back when I was 18, I would tell myself then be you own it. Because those who don't like you for who you are, you don't need them in your life. Plain and simple. Most definitely. Most definitely. I like that. Um, Stop, stop pleasing people. (laughs) um i I like that i like that really um cool i want to talk about um we have a few minutes left but i want to talk about you being an app designer so like yeah come on man you do you do everything man like where where do you find the time (laughs) what uh can you explain this yeah it probably sounds a little more impressive than it is Ah, Um, but what it is is actually i do have an app called amentora so take the word mentor, put an okay. A at the beginning, A at the end. And what it is, is it's my book. It's my book in an app. Um, I was, as, because I'm an avid student, one of my secrets to success is even though I train around the world, I'm still a student as much as I can. I want to learn because I know the moment I quit th- learning and I think I know it all, I'm done. And I was in a training where I walked into a breakout room and I walked into the wrong one or so I thought. Because when I sat down, all of a sudden the person starts talking about apps. And I'm like, oh, I'm not interested in apps. I got up and I started walking out. But then he said something that stopped me in my tracks. He said, most businesses, they start a business, they design their website, they launch. And then as an afterthought, they design an app. Well, what about using an app to launch your business? And I, he stopped me in my tracks. And I, you know, kind of, okay. I went and sat back down, listened to the rest of the training. At the end, I waited until he had talked to everybody. And I went out and I said, so what you're saying is anything you can do an app on. He says, yeah. I said, so I want to write a book and I'm writing it. Could this help me launch my book? And he said, well, what's your book about? And I gave him some ideas, my six steps in the book. And he just started rattling off things you could do with an app. And I'm just like, you can do that with an app? He's like, absolutely. So we started creating the app. Um, and version one, which we've taken down now because we're working on version two and we're finishing the coding on it. Version one was a beginning. You can um, do vision boards on it. You can find accountability partners on it. There's success journal on it. Um, There's inspiration on it. Things that my book talks about. But version two, we've actually integrated artificial intelligence into it where it becomes a much more dynamic experience. And we're looking on knock on wood launching that next year. But it's basically when I say I'm an app designer, I took what I wanted for me that helped me and I just put it into an app so that it can help other people at the same time. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Actually, that's super inspiring because uh, uh, for for a while now, I've been trying to think of ways to make the misguided podcast, not just a podcast, but more of a networking community. And that's why mm-hmm. Mind Valley seems like, uh, I, I definitely am going to do more research on Mind Valley, but I, I pretty much want the misguided to be an educational like university and i think that would be perfect if i had an app that like can resource and outsource you know different different needs um 
and, and kind of like an app for everything. Like when you think of, I need a business partner, boom, go to the misguided. Um, I need to learn how to do this, uh, how to start a vending machine, go to the misguided stuff yes. like that. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I've been trying to think about it. And I don't know where to start, but I'm just right now I'm in the, well, in the process. And, and, and the big thing is, is um, quit trying to do it on your own. Yeah, I have yeah. amazing people around me that, because uh, again, if I think I know it all, I'm just stuck. But when you surround yourself with, and I won't say like-minded people, I'm going to say growth-minded people. Growth-minded people are the ones that are willing to have the tough conversations with you when you're just being an asshole or not living up to your potential. They're not just the ones to say, hey, you're doing great, rah, rah, rah. They're the ones to have those tough conversations when need be. And when you surround yourself with those people, and here's a mistake, you know, research has shown that your income, where you're at is going to be the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But unfortunately for most people, they're the top of the five yeah. and they wonder why they get stuck. Yeah. So it's like, who else can I connect and network with that can um, stretch my boundaries, that can push my comfort zone, that can force me to get better. That's, that's kind of what I love to do. Yeah. No, that's amazing, man. Yeah, I definitely need to. Uh, I need to network. I mean, I, I'm. That's what I do. I, I'm like a networking person. I love. I love meeting new people and and being in the room, and being the dumbest one in the room, right? Uh, but uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. I, I thought off of this. So, but yeah, man, I appreciate everything you've you dropped today. Um, it's super informational. I'm gonna look up. I think every person you you mentioned today. So you kind of you kind of <laughs> were like you were on stage today. It was like you were on stage, man. So natural natural for you. Well, I just I love to have fun. I believe life's way too short not to have fun, and I believe there's way too many serious people on the planet, and it, and I and I want to just help as many people as I can. And, and so if it's sharing with them who my mentors are, people I look up to, or people I've worked with, if that can help them, that's awesome. And, you know, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to give your listeners a gift for you having me on their, on your podcast. And, you know, my you book got? success left, a, well, my first book success left a clue. I'm now writing my second one, which is called the authority key. So what I'd love is if your listeners want a copy of my book, success left a clue, they're able to get the ebook version as a free download. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You got, and you then got, all, you got yeah, all they have to do. Yeah, all they have to do is um, now how we're recording today, but how long roughly until this would air? A Wednesday. Episode? Wednesday. Okay, so yeah. I'm because we're switching over the, the website we're using. So I'll give you the one that's working right now. If they go to S and I'll put it even in the chat so you have it for the show notes. But if they go to SLAC, which stands for success, left a clue, SLAC dot rocks, R-O-C-K-S, forward slash book. That will allow them to get the copy. So slac.rocks forward slash book, and they can get um, the download of the PDF. And again, I don't want them to just read it. I want them to use it. I want them to do the action sets because if they do, I'll tell you, you know, Juwan, they will find that it will change your life. No. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when, I, when I did my book, um, I added uh, math problems in there for the kids. Um, so it was, it was a, it's a book, uh, where is it? Ugh. Yeah. Money, what's it called? Money talks, the beginner's guide to investing for kids. And, um, there's some like math problems in here as well to get the kids kind of focused because instead of reading, like, I'm gonna be honest, I hate reading. Like I don't read no more. I just listen to, to uh, audio books. Right. So like, yeah. Yeah. um, it, reading kind of like 
you fall, you tend to fall asleep and, and stuff. So you need something to be interactive for kids to really understand it. And I yes. studied, I studied psychology and like child development and stuff. So, um, I kind of know how to work with kids, I'd say. Well, then offline, I'm going to, there's a couple people I'd love to connect you to because what they're doing with their kids and the way they're learning are absolutely phenomenal. Oh, and nice. That's what hit it off. I think you guys would hit it off really well. Yeah, most definitely. Cool. I just pulled up that link. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll add this in the show notes. Um, let everyone know where they can reach you at. Um, and yeah, how, the, how can I contact yeah. you? They, through my Facebook fan page is probably the easiest. So when you're on Facebook, just type in my name, Robert Riopel, which is last name R-I-O-P-E-L. And that's the easiest way, like my fan page, and you can follow me around. Um, I'm now getting virtual assistance. And so my Instagram and my LinkedIn will be up to date pretty soon. There so I'm, I'm learning about that as well, because I've resisted <laughs> having an assistant for years. But now I know it's, uh, you know, why did I wait so long? Because I'm still learning. I'm still learning like yeah. everybody else. Um, so that's the easiest ways to find me. Or they can e- even go to my website, successleftaclue.com. And that'll give you more information about uh, the trainings I do, where I'm at, um, all that fun stuff. Cool, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming up here. Um, Thank you so much, Robert. It's been a great conversation. I learned a lot. um, And I hope the audience did as well. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you give it a like, thumbs up, whatever. Um, Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And check out Robert's um, social media and his talks on YouTube. He's I mean, there's hundreds and maybe thousands of videos I'm looking at right here. So um, thank you again. Um, But you heard it here. This is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. My name is Jawan. Again, I'm sitting here with Robert uh, Riopel. Right. Yeah. Riopel. Hey, let's go. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you, guys. See, I was raised by a single mother No father figure, little sister Never had a brother, never had another man Teach me how to be one Yeah, mama had a man, but he was never calling me son And even if he did, yo, I would never take him serious Cause people say they love me, but it's funny Cause I don't think they know what love really is Cause love ain't when you hurt a person Love ain't avoiding a problem You should be getting involved Love ain't when you pick somebody up by the neck Then you grab his head and you slam it right into the wall I was a trouble kid in school So I just kept to myself Psychologists ordered me medicine and never did help Cause every time I took it, I was never myself I wasn't G, I never had it strapped next to my belt Just a regular kid that never joined the sports team And every time I tried to talk to a girl, she'd ignore me Started hanging around stupid kids and broke a few laws Had a few problems, painted a few walls But one day, something happened to change my life forever Something that I always remember I said one day, something happened to change my life forever Something that I always remember, check Walking home after school with two friends from my class And then I seen a sketchy face walk past But at the time I didn't think of it much Cause round here there's always sketchy cats, tweakers and such So I just kept walking Till I got the king
things dry Then seen a bunch of motherfuckers giving me the stink eye They started surrounding me, stopped me in my place And right outside the circle I seen a familiar face A cat that I used to be tight with Never had no problems with him, but I guess he's smoking some nice shit He came right towards me, I said fuck it then fine Let's catch a fair one and caught a cheap shot from behind I ran, they tripped me and caught me, they stomped me and kicked me Kicks to my face, punches to my ribs and my kidneys Then what happened next, you just might not believe But everybody scattered, I was trying to breathe Students, parents and teachers there watching me bleed But nobody did shit, I was watching them leave As I was dying, bleeding, losing my conscience Flashbacks and reminders of things I've never accomplished Everything turned white, then everything was fine No more worries, nothing on my mind No pain, no nothing, I guess it was my time Then my whole life flashed right in front of my eyes But all of a sudden I snapped back to reality Took a look around but no ambulance was surrounding me Guess this is how it ends, huh? Guess this is what my mama meant when she said watch your friends, huh? Guess I should've listened but now it's too late Taking my last breath, getting closer to my fate Getting closer to my fate but right when I felt I was good with dying A voice in my head said don't stop, keep trying So I got my ass up, walked to school and dialed 911 True story, fuck what you think you could do for me Fifteen years old, just another victim Just another kid that would end up dead or in prison Got to the hospital, the doctor said They don't know if I'ma live Immediate surgery too through my ribs I could barely breathe, I was bleeding out That's when I met God, yeah I can see him now With a collapsed lung and two Stab wounds, I'm losing blood quick, but I ain't going that soon Everybody left, but I had strength in myself I'ma be alright, that's what I say to myself, yeah And sure enough, I kept on breathing Almost paralyzed for the next three weekends Private numbers calling, death threats to my family Even they my little sis, so how can you be mad at me when I told you that I fear for our safety Cause no street cred is worth my mother's place, G they asked me who it was and I let them know I ain't ashamed of my choice and I don't regret it, yo Cause truth is, I don't follow no one's rules I do what I feel's right, I ain't no one's mule The whole thing was recorded and put up online But you should know, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime See, I ain't no G, just a man with a passion But I always took responsibility for my actions I never hurt a soul in my life, I'm a family man Always kept my word, so tell me how bad of a man I am Cause when it comes down to it, all you God is you, and we all gotta survive, do what you gotta do, 15 years old, left in the dust, the world taught me never to love, and never to trust, nah, but now I know my purpose, now I know what I'm here for, now I know what I've been waiting all these years for, 15 years old, left in the dust, the world taught me never to love, and never to trust, nah, but now I know my purpose, now I know what I'm here for, now I know why I've been waiting all these years, yours truly.